You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today is about key words. Now, what I mean by key words is every single game plan has a few key words and keys to victory. So we're going to break down exactly what are the main goals for AM to claim this victory over the likes of South Carolina in Columbia at Bryce Stadium. Well, before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast every single day. I'm on every single day, Monday through Friday. Give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson and tell me what you like, what you don't like, and I will add it into the programming. Secondly, Lock on Aggies. Lock on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day because every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Texas A&M, this upcoming weekend. They're going to be going to Columbia, South Carolina to face off the likes of South Carolina. Now, the Gamecocks, this again, I've mentioned this on the show a little bit this week, and I think it's important to bring up. This is one of those games where I look at it on paper and I go, okay, why does this game matter? We know what South Carolina is. We know what Texas A&M is. Why is this such a big deal? And the reasoning behind it, I truly believe, more than anything else, is just it's about the friendship of Jimbo Fisher and Will Muschamp. Any single time you're dealing with friends or you're dealing with family or anything like that, or there's nothing with competition involved, when you know the person, it's a little bit more special because of every single time you get to bring this up in conversation. And if you're really close to the person, how Will Muschamp and Jimbo Fisher are, you probably talk outside of just football. You talk about the family, you talk about the kids, you talk about, you know, what's going on in your life. You know, or, or, did your, you know, did your son get in there? Did your son get in a car wreck? Is your mother okay? All little questions like that are asked because of these two have been through the ringer together, been in the same state multiple times coaching, and have built their careers under one man in the SEC, Nick Saban. So it's not like these two are just, oh, well, you're in the SEC, all right, I'm in the SEC. Cool. Have a good game, my man. No, it's we started together at LSU. We got big being the coordinators at LSU. And because of it, here we are now. You're at South Carolina. I'm at Texas A&M. And we play each other every year. So either way, we're walking away with at least a little bit of dignity winning this game because I get to hold this against you when we go to the family picnic. I get to talk about this when we go on family vacation. I remember in 2020 when I beat you at home and you guys only had one loss in the year, but the other loss was to us and you missed out on the Cotswell playoff. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was really annoying. Hey, remember when you were two and three and you could have salvaged your season in a weak SEC East and I completely clobbered you? Yeah, man, that really hurt. I almost got fired for that. Hmm. Well, good luck. Like, that's how it is. When you have a relationship with the person, Nick Saban has a relationship with almost every SEC coach. I mean, when you really look at it, most of the SEC is based off of what is left from his coaching assistants. You have Jimbo Fisher, you have Will Muschamp, you have Lane Kiffin. I mean, you have a long list of guys 
who have been under his regime at one point or another. That's just part of how it is. When you were an assistant with the person, it's a little bit more special. Like if Steve Sarkeesian ever were to get a head coaching job, him and Jeremy Pruitt would probably have at least a little bit of a connection. Lane Kiffin and Jeremy Pruitt probably have a little bit of a connection just because of what they did in working under Saban. I mean, it's just one of those things where having that chemistry where you built a program the way it is. I mean, definitely Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart have it. When he was there, Jim McElwain and Kirby Smart had it. Because they built a program to what it is today, and now they're trying to do the same thing on their own, saying, hey, I learned something from this to go to where I am now. So I always think that this game is going to be interesting. One of the biggest keys to winning any single game is winning the quarterback battle. I truly believe that when you play quarterback, your ultimate goal is to be the better quarterback. Now, last week against Texas, I mean, against Arkansas, Kellen Mond, on paper, was the better quarterback. And on the field, he certainly was. He finished with the highest QBR rating of his season. Uh, he finished with the highest completion rating of his career at 81.2%. He had three touchdowns, zero turnovers. He had 200 and I want to say it was 46 or 56 yards passing. But it's the no turnover thing. It's also the third down efficiency that I talked about. And I'll go into that one a little bit later. But the quarterback is so important to a team's success because of if the run game's not working, you have to rely on the pass. If the passing game isn't working and the run game isn't working, your defense really has to step up. And the only way that it won't work is if your offense is stalling. Everything comes from the quarterback sides. A center's lining up, and yeah, you want to see the play unfold, but you're looking at that center going, hey, 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 blitz up, big gap, blitz up, big gap, audible. Hey, hey, safety's Roman, safety's Roman. Two, slant, switch it up. Quarterbacks are so important to seeing the entire field. That's why their nickname is the field general, because if they can see and sense everything going on. And if they're right, they definitely, I think, add an element to the game. Colin Hill has struggled immensely during his short time with the Gamecocks. But one good game is all it takes. He had one great game this year. One great game. He had one good game, one great game. And the great game, even though he threw an interception, he beat a ranked Auburn team. Who probably should not be ranked, but still, he beat a ranked Auburn team. He also went down to the wire, because even though the score doesn't say it, it really was closer than it was against a ranked Florida team. This is a ranked AM team. And I think that they're right teetering in that same kind of level. Better defense than both. Offense is about the same. I think that there's struggles on offense in Auburn. I think there's struggles still on offense with Texas A&M. I think there's struggles on offense with Florida. Different type of struggles. But this is where the defense is better than Florida. But the offense is maybe a little lesser than the Gators. Not much. Just a little. If Colin Hill converts on those opportunities. This could be a very close game. Home field advantage in this COVID-19 area that we live in today, whether you want to believe it or not, it does factor in. Because of nine out of 10 times, you're not going to see your fan base travel 14 hours in a car to go to Columbia, South Carolina to maybe get in the game. 
but you're going to see Gamecock fans there. It's a 10-minute drive from their house. 10-minute drive from the bar. It's a two-minute walk from the frat house. You got a ticket, you're going to go to that game. You are. So home field advantage does matter. So Kellamon has to be on point for the sheer fact of the matter that when you really break down this game, and really any game in the SEC, it comes down to quarterback play. It's why I think AM is undefeated. I mean, it's why AM has played well outside of Alabama because if Kellamon had a bad game, it's why Alabama's ranked number one. It's why LSU has not had any consistency because they don't have a quarterback. So it really does come down to the quarterback. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you ever feel like you're just always on the go, 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 running around, trying to figure out what's going on, and you never feel like you have the moment to reset? When you do, I recommend grabbing an ice-cold beer. And when you do grab that beer, make sure it's a cold Coors Light because it's literally made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that right now, during this entire weird season, they still are the fan base for college football. Now, college football is, of course, therapeutic because it helps you relax and it's you know, personal me time for you to sit back and drink some beer. And college football wants you to know that Coors Light is the official watching beer for Texas A&M this season. I know whenever I get off work, because this is not the only job I have, I have multiple jobs. I need something to kind of unwind at the end of the day. And I always reach for a cold lagered, cold filtered, ice cold beer from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And the Blue Mountains on it tell me it's going to be as cold as the Rockies because it's literally made to chill. Coors Light is the beer that I reach for whenever I'm feeling that I need a drink, and it's the beer I think you should reach for as well. And you can go get it in the new delivery system at uh, go.coorslight.com. And always remember to celebrate responsibly. Now, Lockdown Aggies is also sponsored by Built Go. Of course, some of you guys know what Built Go is, but for those of you who don't, think of it as a five-hour energy, but better for you. And more importantly, healthier for you. That's because it comes in only a 1.5 ounce packaging. You can put it in your briefcase, you can put it in your golf bag to get you through the back nine, you can put it in your pocket to get you just through the regular day. Now, Bilko is best on the workout gels because of they are made with collagen. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what collagen is, it's fast absorbing, so it gets in your stomach a lot faster, and it helps you ignite your body to work because it's filled with beta uh, alanine, B3, honey, just a bit of caffeine, and it's better than a five-hour energy because it doesn't give you that same crash feeling, and it doesn't do so much damage on your acidic stomach. Also, it is filled with the best things that you need, such as B6, B12, and over 10,000% of your daily vitamins. Now, they come in three great flavors. My personal favorite is the peanut butter honey, but you can also try coconut chocolate or chocolate mint. Now, Go visit BillGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED at BillGo.com. And always remember, let's go. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality sounding podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast? The Locked on Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows plus every team covered in the NFL – MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy sports season. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Keys to win. They're always important in games. And this is one of those games where I look at it, it's not a rivalry. Because for rivalries, they have to be a long history. This is one of those games where the SEC said 
we got to give this team a team to face every year in the SC East who's available. South Carolina, cool, chill. I mean, you got to look at it. There's a rivalry between Missouri and Arkansas. I forget the name of it, but I know it's something the belt. They play every year towards the end of the season. You have the Magnolia Bowl or the Egg Bowl between Mississippi and Mississippi State. You have the third Saturday in October, which is between Tennessee and Alabama. You have between the Hedges, which is between Auburn and Georgia. Those are legitimate rivalries. There really isn't one when I look at Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. There really isn't one when I look at Texas A&M and South Carolina. But it is a game that you play every year, so it is a game that you always want to win every year because you want to continue to have those bragging rights. A&M has been able to say we've beaten Arkansas every single year that we've been in the SEC. That's just a, that's just a fact. Now, it's not a good rivalry. The Southwest Classic has always been a struggle game for both teams, but it is a good game because they can say, hey, we won every year. South Carolina has won, I think, twice in the entire time that A&M's been there. Part of the reason why I think that A&M is set up for success, or they were at least last year, was because of the run game. I established that this year again. That's the biggest thing. You have three running backs now. One that was actually kind of breaking out that I've been vouching for for months. Get him involved. Get him in the plays. He can be limited. Six, seven, nine touches. And that's plays. That's not he has to rush the ball six times. That's out in the field ten times a game. Make number six your decoy. Run a two-back system to where you have, you're running a, you know, you're running a tight formation and you have zero and six and Anaya Smith and uh, Devon Shane. Make it an option. And depending on which way the coverage goes, follow the guy. Pitch it out. You got two speedy guys on the outside, but Devon Shane has proven himself to be a worthy adversary in this backfield. On top of that, Isaiah Spiller definitely has earned himself the title of bell cow. I think Anaya Smith is the perfect complement to either position. Now, when I say establish the run game, it doesn't mean rush the ball 30 times a game. No, not at all. I say when it comes time to run the ball, make sure you get positive yards. The last thing you want to do is pass on first and second down to get set up for a third and five, and you get stopped with third and seven because you get stopped at the line of scrimmage. The last thing you want to see is picking up a great first down and then trying to run it because if you know that your offensive arm is not all there and you only go four yards. When out on the field, establish the run game. Know your territory. Know the system that you're looking at. They ran a lot of 4-2-5 out in Columbia. Know if they're running a base 4-3. If that's the case, you want to go speed. Because you're going to have one of those slower outside linebackers playing either in coverage or they're going to be playing against the run. And if you play them on the far side, they're really going to be out of the play. So now you're really playing a 4-2. I look at all that, know your coverage, know what you're running, and you're set up for a good game. AM has had three games now where they've rushed for over 100 yards. Isaiah Spiller, I believe... Over 300, 200 yards, my bad. Isaiah Spiller has two 100-yard games. I think he was like, what, 20 yards shy last week of getting a – no, 10 yards shy last week of getting a third 100-yard game on the year. 
And then you have Anaya Smith who does a little bit of everything. He's leading the team in receptions. He's leading the team in receiving yards. He's leading the team, I think, in receiving touchdowns as well. He's also made plays as a running back. He leads the entire team in touchdowns this year because of what he can do. And then you have Ashane. It's simple. Let him get to the outside. Let him run. Let him call it a day. He had three big plays in that game in the third quarter. One was a rush for, I think it was four yards. One was a rush for negative two yards. One was the rush for a 30-yard touchdown. I mean, you don't need to use these guys, you know, consistently. You just have to make sure that when you use them, you put them in the right place. South Carolina's defense lost one of their key players last year in the likes of Javon Kinlaw, one of the best run stoppers in college football, one of the best run stoppers in the SEC, 100%. Outside of, I would say, probably Derek Brown of Auburn. You don't have that anymore. Run it up their gut. Last season, if not for Cordarian Richardson, 125-yard game and a 110-yard game from Spiller, does AM win this game? Are they sitting at 6-6 six and six instead? Because it was because of what they did on the ground that set Kellen Mond up in the red zone to score those touchdowns. Do it again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's not broken. The run game has worked this year. I think, though, if you do have to look at it in a different option, I recommend doing this in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast here on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Because every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Keys to win. I said there was one other thing you got to do on offense. I got one more thing you got to do on defense, too, so don't worry. We're not going to forget about the defense. But on offense, it's finding a number two receiver. Most of the time you guys hear me on this podcast, you hear me talk about the number one receiver and how important it is to have a number one receiver. It really is important. I think it's actually more important to have a number one than a number two for the sheer fact of the matter that you need that number one to play up to a certain level. And the reason why is because if he takes the pressure off the top tier corners. So far in the SEC this year, there's really only been, I want to say, one true great cornerback AM has faced. And that was Patrick Sertain in week two. They're going to face the other one this upcoming weekend in Jace Horn. Jace Horn is fantastic in coverage. He's six foot one. He's 210 pounds. He's muscular. He's built, he's built bigger than he actually is. He can play really well in man coverage. He's physical. He plays the run. He does a little bit of everything. But he's going to be covering that number one receiver, which going into this weekend might be Hezekiah Jones just off age. If it's not, it's definitely Chase Lane. You have to find a number two. This is the weekend where you go get a number two. Their other corner, Israel Muhassini, I think that's how you say his last name. He's good. He's caused turnovers, but he caused turnovers against a Vanderbilt team, and he caused it against in the Tennessee game. He didn't go against a really sound quarterback in either one. You went against Ken Seals, who's a, who's a freshman, and you went against Jared Garantino, who is the most inconsistent quarterback in the SEC, hands down, not even a question. But I do think Bo Nix is at least competent. And that's what Jace Horn did, was he picked up Bo Nix twice 
And that was the reason why I think in the end, ultimately, Auburn lost that game. If Hezekiah Jones is not your number one, make sure he's your number two. Line him up in the slot. Connect with him early. Build that chemistry. Use Jalen Weidemeyer. They do not have a cover linebacker. When you don't have a cover linebacker, you're forced to play a safety on him. And this is a guy who we've seen safeties try to cover. It does not go their way. He's literally a bigger, less athletic Kyle Pitts, but still a pretty dang athletic player. If Hezekiah Jones is your number one, target Chase Lane. Go for that vertical threat. Make him battle for that deep ball. Gain 25. Then run it. Run it consistently. Eat the clock. Do what you got to do. But this is the weekend where you have to find a number two receiver because your number one is going to be playing against one of the top tier corners who I do believe, if not, is the top cornerback in the SEC. Definitely a top two and definitely a top 25 pick <coughs> in next year's NFL draft. Defensively, it's adding pressure. Arkansas last weekend kept it close late. Why? AM had five sacks in the game. They didn't get a single one after the third quarter. Pressure early. Pressure late. Pressure, pressure, pressure. In the Mississippi State game, they only won 28 to they only won by two touchdowns. 17 points. Because they didn't have pressure late. They were able to stay in it. Six sacks in that game. What did they not do against Alabama? They didn't add a single bit of pressure. What they do against Florida? They had a lot of pressure. Why did AM win that game? Because they were able to make Kyle Trask force mistakes late. And it set them up for the South small field goal. Do the same thing with Colin Hill. Colin Hill in every single game except for one has thrown at least one interception. He's thrown two in. I think it was against Florida, if I'm not mistaken, or it was two against Miss. Uh, it was two against Vanderbilt. Either way, he's at least thrown one interception in all but one game. He's also had only at least one touchdown every single game. Hold him to a one and one, because right now when he's one and one in passing, one touchdown, one interception, he loses. When he throws more interceptions or zero interceptions, he wins games. Every single loss in their schedule, he's thrown one interception, one touchdown. Add the pressure. Add that consistently. Trust your defense. They do have a very good receiver in Scott uh, in uh, Shy uh, Moore. They have a good run game in two guys in the backfield. But Colin Hill is going to be the difference maker. Can you get to Colin Hill early? Can you force him to make mistakes? Can you force him to try to go deep when he probably should be looking for the short route? All those things is all you got to do. Little things win you football games. Finally, last thing. And I harp on this all the time. I'm going to just continue. Win third down. AM was 67% on third down when they played Arkansas. They were 28% when they played Alabama. It speaks for itself. Alabama was, I want to say they were 64% when they played AM. Third down efficiency wins because it eats the clock. It keeps drives alive. It gets you plays. You don't always have to have these 22 play drives. 
A&M had a 68%, uh, 67% winning rate on third down. I think their longest drive of the day was nine, was nine plays, nine or 10. Wasn't that many. You can win on short plays. You just have to make the most of those short plays. You win third down nine out of 10 times, you win the football game. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about the SEC in general, who I think is going to win this upcoming weekend, and how AM's win over South Carolina will actually factor into their college football playoff rankings. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, take me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.